How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Well, it is Friday, and thank you for joining us for Options Action. We are going to start off the show with some breaking news. Elon Musk is terminating his deal to buy Twitter. I understand we have Alex Sherman from our very own CNBC.com reporting team who is on the news line and can share a little bit more about what we've here just learned in the last couple minutes. Minutes, Alex, what's going on here? What was the, what was the final breaking point here for Elon Musk? Right. So this has been sort of a drumbeat now for several months where there has been a lot of smoke that Elon Musk uh, was unhappy with the current uh, arrangement of buying Twitter at more than $54 a share. So he has put in a filing with the SEC saying he is terminating the deal. Uh, basically, what he is claiming is that he has asked Twitter for data and other information for several months, and Twitter has failed to provide this data to him. And he's claiming that this is uh, a, a material adverse effect uh, on the deal, there, of course, is a clause that uh, Elon Musk can get out of the deal uh, if such a clause is broken. In other words, if this uh, information is so important that he hasn't received, uh, that he can get out of the deal with paying a $1 billion break fee. That is his contention. Uh, now we are likely to see a lot of litigation following this because uh, even though Elon Musk says he is terminating the deal, uh, Twitter may not quite agree with his assessment. An agreement has been signed here by Elon Musk, and I imagine Twitter will put up a defense saying, uh, actually, we have provided you with all of the information, and any information you don't have doesn't uh, suffice as a material adverse effect, but that is to be determined still. Very, very interesting. Okay, so for, for just to, to summarize what I think I'm hearing from you, Alex, while in this filing that we have just gotten that includes a letter from Elon Musk's attorney is citing he did not receive information that he had asked Twitter for numerous times to fill in some of the gaps in, in what he had been hoping to have for information that he deems material. That would be his reason for terminating the deal, even though perhaps it has more to do with the price that he would be willing to pay for Twitter. And you're saying you believe that then Twitter's response would say, no, nah, Baba, nah, we gave you all of the information that you did request, and we're going to take this to court, we're going to fight over this. But at the end of the day, they don't have his bank account, right? They can't force him to buy the company, or can they? I, I mean, it, this is a, a, a challenging story to report uh, because a lot of what is going on here is likely not on the level exactly. So, yes, what, what's happening here is Musk is trying to get out of the deal. But is he doing this as, A, a negotiation to try to lower the price uh, so that he may come back to the table and buy Twitter at a lower price? Many people that I have spoken to over the past several months said Musk has gotten advice from others that he simply paid too much for Twitter. The market in general kind of fell out on him, uh, and he likely could have bought Twitter for much less than what he paid. That may be going on here. Uh, another possibility of what's going on here is that he feels like 
uh, uh, he may be able to fight litigation on this if Twitter does, in fact, sue for what's called specific performance. That is the clause in the current deal that basically if Twitter decides to go this route, they can say, no, 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 look, you agreed to this deal already, you signed for it, you waived due diligence, therefore you are committed to paying this price and we're going to go to court to force you to buy this thing. Now, Musk may, may possibly be thinking that's going to cause Twitter quite a bit of unhappiness, quite a bit of unease among its employees. It's going to be a long, drawn-out legal process. And maybe he can negotiate some sort of deal with Twitter where there's a settlement. Uh, but, of course, all of these things are still to be determined. This seems to be step one in what may be a long, drawn-out process. I know, of course, no one can really know exactly what's going on in the mind of Elon Musk at any one time. And, of course, he can change it and new information can change information for anyone. But do we have any sense from your reporting or just the way that we know that he thinks and deals that this is more of a negotiation tactic? That, yeah, he still wants the company. He just doesn't want to pay that initial $53 a share for it. He wants it for considerably less. Or does it really seem like he's not interested anymore because of the environment, price or otherwise? He has said he's interested several times publicly that he wants to buy this. So to some degree, this is an about faith that he's truly saying, I'm going to walk away. But you have to put this in the context of who Elon Musk is in terms of negotiating these types of deals. Remember, he claims to be taking Tesla private at $420 a share several years ago. It then kind of came out in the subsequent months that that plan was always sort of half-baked. Some people thought maybe it was a marijuana joke, the 420 reference. It, of course, never happened, so he kind of pondered this. He was sued by the SEC. Uh, a similar uh, plan of attack may be going on here, where potentially he went into this sort of half-baked, and then when he really saw what he was buying for the price of it, maybe he truly decided, you know what, I don't need this. And by the way, he was able to unload quite a bit of Tesla shares in the meantime Mm. uh, in, in an effort to fund this deal. So he has sold billions of dollars of Tesla, that may have been a way for him to do this more artfully other than ringing alarm bells to people that potentially he felt like Tesla was overvalued. So that's also on the table. Alex, I, I, know, I know you're not an attorney, but you, are, you know an awfully lot about this deal and how things have gone, at least up to this point. You made an interesting point to me earlier when you talked about Elon sort of waiving that right to due diligence. And now this letter from the attorney says, hey, I want more information. I didn't get the information. I asked Twitter repeatedly and I still didn't get it. And that's why I'm terminating the deal. How can he do both? Waive his right to the due diligence and then later say, hey, I actually wanted that information. You didn't give it to me. I'm walking away. That is going to be the key question put in front of courts, assuming that we're headed toward litigation. That's going to be the key argument here. And I imagine Twitter will make the argument that, that you and I have just made here, uh, yeah. that, that, that this is sort of an argument that doesn't hold water. Uh, and it will be up to Elon Musk and his lawyers to prove that it does. Interesting stuff. Well, Alex, thank you for joining us on short notice. I'm sure this was probably not exactly what you would laid out for your Friday night, but we do definitely appreciate you jumping on the news line with us. Thank you very much. Um, Carter, I'm going to move to you, Carter Worth, as you sit here on set. I know this wasn't exactly what we had planned, but you're a man of many thoughts. Well, let's talk about it. Let's I talk mean, about Twitter. I mean, you bring up the point you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? Did you not think this was possible? Are you playing a game? But we know this. He's impetuous. He's impulsive. He's a mad genius. He's all those things. And the question is, does he really think you didn't want due diligence or he does? At the end of the day, he's probably just negotiating. 
And if he could lower the price by one dollar, it's an economically rational thing to do. Wow. Wow. Just what a strong negotiation tactic. This is going to be taught in business schools around the world if this ends up working. (laughs) Mike, what do you think? Mike Coe is also joining us here on Options Action. I want to get your thoughts here on Twitter, this late breaking news. What do you think it means potentially for the company going forward here, too? Shares are down, I think, about 10 and a half, 11 percent or so since Musk announced his intention to buy this company. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple things. First of all, we should take a look at what the share price was even before this news came out. And it was trading at a tremendous discount, really, to the deal price. And what that tells you is that the market already had significant doubts about whether or not this was going to go through at the price that he'd originally uh, suggested he was going to pay. So, And the longer this got drawn out, there have been many, many hints along the way. He has repeatedly said that he was asking for information. He has cast doubt on claims that the company had made. And all of those things signaled that he was either negotiating for a lower price or looking for a way to back out of it. On top of all of that, we've seen significant market weakness. uh, And all of those things would contribute maybe to a little bit of cold feet. Either way, I don't think the market was really pricing in a deal at the original ask in any case. Um, You know, we did see a lot of uh, options activity. We have seen it since the deal came out. There was quite a lot today, over 100,000 puts trading. So... There was certainly some uh, speculation during the day that it might not happen. And, you know, valuation-wise, $1.15, maybe $1.50 a share at best, uh, a year or two out, uh, throw, you know, a 16 to 20 multiple on it, a kind of a market multiple. I don't really see a whole lot of upside for this stock in the near term. A lot of zigs and zags, of course, as you point out in this story. But in the last several days, of course, it's becoming it became more unlikely this deal was going to go through. And now it does look like he is trying to terminate it. Uh, Tony Zhang is also with us here from Options Action on the team. I want to give you a chance to jump in here with your thoughts on the late breaking news here about Twitter and Elon Musk's decision, at least a filing with a letter from his attorney saying, I do not want to buy Twitter. Yeah, we can sit here all day long speculating what Elon Musk is really thinking and whether or not he really intends on buying this company or not if he's just negotiating. But as Mike said, I think the market is really what we need to pay attention to. And as technicians here, we don't really think about why, but what. What is the market telling us? And the price at which Twitter is trading at is really speaks volumes. It really speaks to the fact that even if Uh, Elon Musk intends on buying this company that he's trying to negotiate a significantly lower price than that original $54.20 that he originally uh, put into the contract. Now, my take is that I don't think he really is interested in buying this particular company. He's probably more interested in exposing some of the weaknesses of this particular company and perhaps is willing to to pay a billion dollars in breakup fees to do so. Wow. Wow. That is amazing to be able to have a billion dollars to say, hey, I want to expose some of the things this company could be doing better. Very interesting thoughts. I want you all to stick with us on Options Action. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back to talk a little bit more about Twitter when we return. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, you've missed some big news. Elon Musk is looking to terminate his deal to buy Twitter. He has made a filing with a letter from his attorney citing reasons that he says he did not receive information that he asked Twitter for numerous times. And that is the reason why he wants to terminate this deal. We are joined now by Steve Kovac on the phone. He is our technology reporter. Steve, quite a turn of events here in the last week or so, even though this deal has sort of been rocky from the start. It seemed as if this might be happening. Now it seems officially he wants to terminate it. Alex Sherman, of course, brought up the point that there could be significant litigation between now and actually seeing a deal end or not. What do you make of all of the news that we've gotten? And do you have anything additional to add from your reporting? 
Yeah, for sure, Court. So, I mean, the big thing here is he's claiming that he didn't receive the data he asked for when he definitely did. Twitter gave him what's called the fire hose of data, which uh, very few people have privilege access to, which is essentially the feed of every single tweet ever tweeted and that will ever be tweeted in the future. Mm-hmm. And he got to have his own team to analyze this stuff. He's not making any claims necessarily that uh, what Twitter said about these spam accounts is wrong or anything like that. He's just making claims without a lot of data to back it up. And again, it, it, it's all a distraction from the king of distractions and, and, and so forth. So what we're seeing here is uh, uh, we're talking about due diligence and spam bots when we should be talking about he signed the agreement to buy the company for $44 billion. And when, once he signed that, all this talk about spam bots and due diligence and stuff, that, it's all a moot point. He has agreed to buy the company and whether he changed his mind since then and watching the price of, of the whole market go down, including Twitter, uh, it doesn't matter because they, Twitter is, has been adamant about this and all their messaging. They will litigate this if they need to, and that's going to be the next step here, Court. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course. Get the limited-time offer. Register now at CNBCMakeIt.com slash courses. And, and Carter Worth, I'm not sure if you were able to, to tune in earlier, Steve, but Carterworth made the point that this very well could just be a negotiation tactic, that he still very much wants this company. He just wants it for a lower price, watching what's happened with tech valuations in general and watch what's watched as he's been watching what's happening with the price in particular of Twitter. Based on what you know from Elon, from this deal, from Twitter, <laughs> does that seem more likely that it's a negotiation rather than truly walking away yeah. from this asset that he seems to really want? Yeah, maybe he's using this as a negotiation tactic, but what's left to negotiate, Court? The negotiations are done. Well, it's, the price, first, I think, right? Yeah, but he even said his first and final offer was fifty four twenty a share. That was accepted and approved by the board. It's over. So I don't. there's nothing left to negotiate. He can threaten and control and try to be annoying to the board <laughs> and, you know, threaten, threaten to put a wrench into their ad sales, whatever, and cause all these distractions. But it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, he is on the hook, and you can bet Twitter is going to keep him on the hook. And they have no, they have no reason or rationale to renegotiate the price. So like, what, what does Twitter get out of that? They have the papers. Right. If I'm on the Twitter board, if I'm a long shareholder and I'm looking at the share price at $34, he's going to buy it for $53.20 or $54.20. You better believe I'm pushing hard on that and it would be worth going to court and uh, facing some of those litigation costs. Uh, Steve, thank exactly. you so much. I'm, I'm going to turn to uh, Mike Coe, who's with us from our options action team. Mike, you mentioned that there was some options activity going on in Twitter ahead of this news. For our audience that wasn't here when you were talking through that, can you give us a little more detail of what you've seen, what it might have indicated to you then and what it tells you now? Yeah, sure. So uh, Twitter is is always a, a very active single stock option. But to give us some perspective, the average daily put volume in Twitter uh, over the last 10 trading days is less than 30,000 contracts uh, a day over the last 20 days. And there was a big uh, slew of options activity, obviously, after the deal was initially announced. So we saw a, a big spike. But even looking back 20 days, the 102,000 plus contracts, put contracts that it traded today, was well above average. So it's about uh, you know three times or more the 10-day average uh, trading volume. And the most active contracts were uh, the 37 strike puts that expired today, and the 37 strike puts that expire next Friday, uh, and the 36 strike puts. 
that expire next Friday. So buyers of those puts are obviously betting that the stock is going to fall below that you know, $37 or $36 strike price by at least the amount of premium that they spent. And I think it's very interesting. You know, whenever we see unusual options activity, uh, we're always curious what people might be betting on. I think it's pretty interesting that we would have seen three times the average daily put volume today, and then we get this news uh, just after the close. Sure. Now, for those that own the 37 puts, uh, you know, you would need to, uh, you know, th those things are going to essentially be exercised automatically because the stock closed, uh, I think, 36 bucks and change. So those were in the money. So those people, assuming they didn't contrary, you know, do a, a contrary exercise notice, they're effectively short Twitter. That's a that's a big win uh, when you come in Monday, at least based on how the stock is trading right now. Really interesting actions ahead of this news, although, of course, we had some reports early on this week that this may be coming. Carter, I want to turn to you. Obviously, Elon Musk also founded Tesla, right? He's got a lot of wealth tied up in that company, among many others. But what does that mean now? What what does this mean potentially for Tesla when you look at there? Sure. And just one final point on Twitter. Please. Do you think about it, before the deal was announced, it was the first of April, right? It was a Friday. Yep. The news came out on a Monday. Before the deal was 39. Here it is at 35, mm. 34. I mean, not that much has happened despite all the fireworks. Mm. In terms of Tesla, obviously a lot of people don't like his involvement or prospective involvement in Twitter because they think it's a distraction. But I think in general he's a distracted person. That's what makes him the performer that he is. And so I'm not sure there's any relationship between the Twitter uh, events and the Tesla events because Tesla is an ongoing enterprise that will continue to prosper. The question is, is it a good stock? I don't particularly like it here. I think it's uh, struggling. Very interesting. Huh. Okay. Uh, Tony, what do you make of... of of the, the stock action that we've seen in Twitter. And when you're looking at the charts of Twitter to Carter's point where it was 39, we made the offer and now we're sitting just below 35, had some significant movement to the upside on the hopes that Elon would buy this company at that very high price, but certainly has fallen back down to where we were, where we had started. Anything to make of that chart there? Any options action uh, that Mike Co pointed out that you want to bring to the attention of our viewers? I do think it's very interesting that unusual activity that Mike brought out to see three times, four times uh, average daily volume on the put side, you know, really speaks to kind of what investors were expecting going into this particular uh, weekend. Now, for me, in terms of Twitter, getting down to that $31 level here, I don't particularly think it's very interesting. We did see quite a bit of bullish flow earlier this week in names like Snapchat and Pinterest. Very similar business model to Twitter, but you know those are long, longer term views that I think that people are trying to take on some of these stocks that have seen 70, 80% declines, trying to pick some bottoms, catch some falling knives here. But I think this is a little different from Twitter, which is based on more of these uh, news-driven news events that we're currently seeing with the news with Elon Musk. Yeah, so just to, just to wrap it up for anyone that might just be tuning in right now, Elon Musk is attempting to terminate his deal to buy Twitter. He has uh, made a filing with the SEC. His attorney has signed off on information saying he just simply did not get the information that he was seeking. We believe Twitter will refute those claims. Either way, shares are down now about 7.5% after hours to just above $34 a share for Twitter. Stick with Options Action. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to CNBC. If you are just tuning in, we are following some breaking news that Elon Musk is trying to terminate his deal to buy 
Twitter, according to his attorneys in a filing with the SEC. Joining us now to talk more about this is Packy McCormick of Not Boring Capital. Packy, uh, of course, this news just happened. We're all still digesting it, although we all have had some expectation that this could be coming down the pike. What do you think? You think this is just a little bit of a buyer's remorse, having paid a little bit too much for something, even though maybe he still does really want it? I think that buyer's remorse is, is certainly part of it. And, and maybe if the market had held up, he'd, he'd still be in the deal. I think it's probably more buyer's remorse on the side of how hard a problem content moderation is and how hard it is to actually uh, you know, create freedom of speech on the platform in a way that doesn't completely destroy it. And how it's a totally different problem than he's used to solving you know, more engineering focused problems at companies like Tesla, SpaceX, boring company. I think he probably just realized it wasn't going to be very much fun to own Twitter. That's really interesting. And why do you think or how do you think he might have come about that revelation since trying to buy this deal that this was going to be a little bit hard to deal with the content than perhaps he had initially bargained for? It seems like it all came together pretty quickly in the beginning. Obviously, he's a big Twitter user and has a lot of personal experience with bots and, and content moderation. But even in the beginning, it felt like the content moderation freedom of speech thing was a little bit of a bolt on to the deal. Uh, or like, you know, kind of a, a post hoc justification of doing the deal. And I think as he talked to the team, as they got the fire hose of data, as he went through it, it just maybe didn't seem like something that was solvable or that, you know, at the very least wouldn't be uh, an enjoyable use of his time to, to solve that problem. Packy, we've done a lot of sort of speculating. If you're Twitter, what do you do? We all know, of course, you want the highest price you can possibly get for your company. I know you're not an attorney, but what's Twitter's move here? I mean, a billion-dollar breakup fee would be more income than they've they've made in a while. So that's you know not a bad fallback. Obviously, you want to get it done at fifty-four twenty, but I would imagine this this probably ends up in in litigation for a while. Hmm. And so, if that happens and it ends up in litigation, what does that mean for shares of Twitter? They're just range-bound until we either have a deal or we don't. We have a deal at a set price or we don't. It seems, yeah, it seems like it's, it probably trades on a probability that this thing gets done. That seems obviously less and less and less likely at this point, but I would imagine it, it's going to range down here until it's a confirmed yes or no. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. Carter, you're sitting next to me. I know you're the chart master, but you're the master of a lot of things and a lot of thoughts. Packy has this uh, very interesting concept of potentially running into some more roadblocks than he had thought Elon Musk, that is, with this content uh, moderation and what he wants to do there. Do you think that that has anything at play or you really do think this is a business tactic? I mean, you know, we know, again, back to he is impetuous, he's impulsive. And so the question is, did he really not do the work and look into the details before making the decision he made. You find that hard to believe. He has a lot of advisors, a lot of access to very bright people. And so you wonder, one wonders he's not naive. It has to either be a strategy or it's just a moment of abstraction in the mind of a, of a brilliant mad genius. <laughs> right, yeah, a brilliant mad genius. There's many ways we can uh, sum him up, I suppose, but that, that is a good one. I understand that uh, the, the Twitter board chair is, is saying, look, we have an ad a deal that we agreed to with Elon Musk. The Twitter board is committed to closing the transaction on the price and terms agreed upon with Mr. Musk and plans to pursue legal action to enforce the merger agreement. We are confident we will prevail in the Delaware court. And this is uh, just a tweet that is coming through from Brett Taylor uh, th that is heading the Twitter board. So 
it does look like they are prepared for a fight. They are not going to take that billion-dollar breakup fee and just walk away happy. It sounds like they want the whole thing. Um, and so, Packy, now that we have that from the Twitter board chair, does that change any of your thoughts on, on what Twitter's move is here? And if you're a Twitter shareholder, I, I assume you want them to fight for this, right? I mean, you want that $54.20 bid. Yeah, I mean, but that, that's, what, 35% above where it, it's trading right now. So you certainly certainly want that. I mean, I think one other interesting thing to call out on Elon's side, if he does end up paying the billion-dollar breakup fee, I mean, I think he sold $8.5 billion worth of Tesla stock at the beginning of this deal. It's down more than 25%. So even if he has to pay a billion dollars, he's made a billion dollars on that trade. So hmm. just an interesting kind of wrinkle here in how he thinks about paying the breakup fee. Hmm. Mike Coe, I think you're still there, and I, I'm, I'm going to throw this out to you. I know you maybe hadn't prepared for this, but as we're thinking about the options in Twitter looking forward, we talked a lot about what the action that you saw this week or today. Any moves that you could potentially make here when you're looking at options as we just wait this out? Sure. Uh, absolutely. Well, first of all, um, because I think there was a lot of speculation going on already that this wasn't going to take place, options premiums were already quite elevated. Uh, so we're talking about implied volatility, 65, 70 percent. And I don't think there's any reason to believe it's going to be any lower when we uh, come in and take a look at how they're trading on Monday. So when we are, are looking at this, I mean, you, basically, you just have to map out a couple potential outcomes. So outcome number one is that somehow uh, Twitter actually succeeds in court. Uh, you know, what we're getting into here basically is what, you know, those of us in the business, we call this sort of risk arbitrage. But okay. you could do things like call spread risk reversals, I think, as ways to sort of speculate that you're going to see a bounce in the stock and not take immediate exposure to the downside. All right. Well, Mike Coe, thank you so much for joining us along with Tony Zhang and Carter Worth. I know our action plan changed, but that's why it's great to be here at CNBC and we can react to breaking news. Packy McCormick, thanks for joining us as well. That does it for us tonight. Options Action will be back next Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. Don't go anywhere. A CNBC special, Taking Stock, your second half playbook, starts right now. How do you land your dream job? It starts by acing the interview. Go to cnbcmakeit.com slash courses to register now and learn exactly what hiring managers are looking for with CNBC Make It's new career-boosting online course where experts share their secrets for a dynamic resume, coming across with confidence, what to wear, and more. For a limited time, save 50% with our introductory offer. Register now at cnbcmakeit.com slash courses.